This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey everyone, it's me, Rebecca. I'm currently on maternity leave, and while I'm away, we picked out some of our earlier episodes from the No Limits Vault so that you can get caught up and enjoy while I'm off. And just so you know, I pre-recorded this, so I actually am spending time with my baby right now. Bye! I had another opportunity. This is the very first time, the very first time, and I was so green, and I was all about, you know, how do you want me to be? How do you want me to act? I was wearing Mm. flat front khakis and loafers. Shut your face. No way. Yes. I was so stunned at this whole situation. You know, the whole situation that, oh my gosh, I'm going to have a talk show. Okay, I have to play this role. Flat front khakis and loafers. I can't even picture that. Do it. Yes. And it wasn't even going to be called the Wendy Williams Show. From ABC, it's No Limits. I'm Rebecca Jarvis, and each week we're talking to the most bold and influential women playing at the top of their game, trying to demystify success and what it really takes to get there and all the trade-offs. Whether you're looking for answers or you just want to hear a good story, you're in the right place. On today's episode, that voice. You heard it in our intro bite. Clearly the one and only Wendy Williams. Wendy started off in radio, so this interview it kind of brings the whole thing full circle. Today, she has one of the most popular daytime talk shows on TV. But it wasn't always smooth sailing. Throughout her career, she had to make a lot of tough decisions, and she turned down some really major opportunities by choosing to stay true to herself. So how did she take a six-week preview, a show that ran for six weeks, and turn it into a hit show that's been nominated for multiple Emmy Awards. We met up with Wendy at her studios in Manhattan, and here she is to tell her story. Wendy Williams, welcome to No Limits. Ow. Ow. Thank you. How you doing, Rebecca? <laughs> um, I I feel like if I said, how you doing, Wendy, I'd sound like an idiot, so... Why? It's a virus. It's it is a virus. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> Thank you for having us to your offices. Thank you. I love what you've done with the place. Thank you. This is your this is your office slash den slash. I call this my one bedroom apartment. This is actually this is my office, and I have a bathroom right behind, right over there with a shower and stuff. So I figure this is like a one bed. This is like a studio in New York, you know. Yes, and then, nicer than a lot of studios I've been in. Exactly, and then hair, makeup, and wardrobe are right over there as well. So it's all in one. We'll post pictures on Instagram so people can see. Do you have a favorite thing? My yeah. Marlin. Your your bedazzled Marlin. Yeah. A guy gave that to me who didn't even. I mean, he was a, a listener from the radio. I still haven't met him. His name is Kevin McHugh, and um. When our show was just a whisper, a six-week sneak peek, a trial test. They're, they're trying me out on TV, and he's up all night bedazzling. And I love art, so I know how long it takes to bedazzle something. 
Yeah. Never even came to give it to me. Still haven't met him. I mean, if, if we didn't make the six-week sneak peek, can you imagine what he would say? <laughs> I stayed up all month, you talentless broad. Why, oh why, couldn't you win for the team and do it? So this is my favorite because um, he did it. And I, I could hang it anywhere at home or whatever, but I like to keep it here. I've never lost one stone. Isn't that fabulous? That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. I, there's such a connection that your fans and viewers have to you. Yeah. What would six-year-old Wendy say about her life now? What would be the biggest surprise? I made it. I mean, look, a lot of people's version of making it is a lot grander or maybe simpler. But for me, wow. You lost the weight. Your teeth are no longer crooked. You know, you turn the world on with your... Like, you made it on your own terms. You... You know, I mean, you bend a bit to be a daytime sweetheart. But after all these years on TV, I can only be who I am. I'm very comfortable out on the floor. And that's what I would tell my young son, uh, younger self. Like, wow, hang on. This is a dream. It's still a dream. Talk about the bending part. Because I, I look at somebody like you, I cannot even fathom that anywhere in your life you would bend oh, to police. the will of someone else. Oh, please. Some of those costumes I wear out there on the floor these days were not so permissible in my season one or my six-week sneak peek. While Because, you know, I was popular here in New York. You know, I've had a over a 30-year broadcast career, and I understood that. The popularity of me being like a juggernaut here in New York and on the radio is the reason that I was given the opportunity for the six-week sneak peek. I was also a syndicated personality, mildly, you know, uh, but you just can't win. You can't win the space by only appealing to black people. And that's that's what my original base was. That's I'm a black woman. I did urban radio and whatnot. And and before you knew it, um, I had some, uh, you know, a lot of white listeners and so on and so forth. And but when you do uh, daytime talk, which is different than nighttime, you know, I have to keep saying daytime talk. How is it? Explain how it's different. in your uh, head. How would you approach the two differently? On nighttime, I could tell you exactly how I feel right now. <laughs> On daytime, when you're trying to win, you know, um, you know that nice household who doesn't exactly know a bunch of people of color, but you want her vote, and she has her coffee in the morning. When you come on at 10, you want her vote. So I can't give it to her good, not right away. I got to pull her in gently. Pull her in gently. <laughs> you know, pull down my skirt. Cover up the cleavage. Maybe don't give it to her good right away. And almost 10 years later, she gets who I am. Mm -hmm. She's loving it. And she's watching. And maybe I've pulled something out of her personality. Yeah. You know, like, wow, I never knew a woman like this before. I love that Wendy. So there there are a lot of um, things that you have to adjust for a daytime position and to stay, particularly when you're black. And big. Oh, police. I know my boobs were the back talk bone of contention also. You know, how do we cover those up? What do we do? There were conversations about this behind the Be scenes. Behind my back, behind the scenes. Really? Oh, please. I know all. How did that not get in your head? Because here's the deal. You're going to love them. And we're going to all fight together to stay. And one day I'll be able to say... I told you so, just by making them more pronounced when I sing. 
same boobs, but it's just that, you know, now it's like, okay, they're still here. And so are we. That has to feel really great. Yeah, it does. It, it does. Honestly, it does. Rebecca. I, I look, the thing that's so interesting to me in conversations like this, there's always this sort of push and pull, this tug of war between be 100% true to yourself mm-hmm. versus there are certain roles yep. that you have to play on some level to gain people's trust. And you're speaking to that. And yep. it's it's a, actually, it's a really complex thing, I think, because a lot of women um, have talked here on No Limits about the idea that they realized they were in the wrong place when a boss told them you have to behave this way and this way was totally counter to who they were. Yeah. But your calculus along the way was in order for me to get to this place where I desperately want to be, I have to sort of let people in like a little by little. Play into a little who- role, pull everyone just little at a time until you can finally, oh God, Wendy, oh, <laughs> you made it. I mean, you, you know, from the things that I say, if the lipstick is on my teeth, I'm like this. I, I. She's rubbing her lipstick on you know, her like, teeth. I, I would have never thought, to, not that you think to rub te- lipstick on your teeth, um, but in season one and two of the show, season three, I would just right and just wait yeah. for commercial. Playing it safe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think actually in in TV, I will say this, you get more comfortable, whether or not you're told to play a, a role or not. I, in my career, have just gotten more comfortable with reality. Like, you start out TV and you're like, everything has to be perfect. Everything has to be in the perfect place. And when you start to actually play and get comfortable and start saying, okay, I know how to read a teleprompter. I know how to do this. I know Uh how to do that. And you can break the rules, in quotation marks, break the rules. Mm -hmm. That's where the magic happens. It really is. You know, our show is teleprompt assist. And I don't wear one of those devices in my ear. So when I get out there... It's, you know, you'll have to tell me after the show, don't scream in my ear. I don't have one of those pieces. And when we were putting the show together, all of those things were a factor. You know, Wendy, do you want a piece in your ear? No, I don't want anybody yelling at me. You know, and no, I don't want to read a teleprompter, but just assist me a lot. And now it's just a bit of teleprompter just to remind me of my next story of what Mm -hmm. I'm doing and everything else is me. And it really is comfortable. Listen, Rebecca, it was very difficult. Um to try to explain in my head because I don't I, I try to explain in my head to the people who really loved me on radio because on radio I was a hellcat yes and now I'm a hellcat on daytime tv but uh, pizza people on radio like the, the first couple of seasons where like, did you go who is this girl this is not Wendy why isn't she giving it to them good they didn't understand the rules. Listen, the very same people who loved me on radio were like, you're corny. You've gotten so corny. Did that hurt? Yeah, because they didn't understand. You wanted to explain to them, yeah. whisper, whisper, guys, This is and girls, this is what I got to do. Well, the big deal is, is that I wanted this show to last long enough to the point where I could finally speak to people like you and your audience and tell this is this is what mm-hmm. it is you know you've got to play a role before you can be the role and even when you are the role don't force it like you know don't try to be me because I'm being successful you know I, yes don't try and be another role like be what you are yes and that's what's going to make you the most successful and for the woman um that you were speaking of with the boss who said um 
this is how I want you to act or something like that. Maybe she chose the wrong career. And that happens a lot as well. You know, uh, I think it's very important for women to get behind um, uh, some sort of mentor person, study somebody who's not just doing what they're what you're doing. Like, for instance, if there's a woman who's listening right now and the woman wants to be the next big broadcaster, she wants to be, you know, Shirlene Ellicott on the Eyewitness News. You don't just learn about Shirlene by watching her on the news. You know, you've got to know the lifestyle of a news. There's a whole lifestyle thing, you know, because mm-hmm. if you're out here popping opioids and smoking weed and living a nefarious lifestyle, then you can't... It's not happening. No, yeah, because... We need trust in you. See, I wanted to be a newscaster and I wanted to be a radio personality. I just didn't know which one I wanted to be. And I got behind um, a news person. uh, And it's not easy to do. You know, you just kind of, you're like the mouse in the room. I wasn't an intern or anything like that. But, you know, I can just say it now because I forget her name. All right. I I remember her name. (laughs) Uh, Lovely woman, but what a corny woman. What a corny lifestyle. That stupid news girl hair. This is back in the day. I'm yeah. 53 years this old. This is very padded shoulders, colorful yes. suit jackets, and the big hair, and yeah. No nails? Yeah. What? You mean you can't get your freak on at the club and show up to work, even if you're responsible in your life? The idea of that um, is not appealing. You weren't I, willing to make the trade? No. I, I knew that I was choosing the wrong career, and I knew that radio was the one for me. And um, and my parents only had four years of college tuition, so I had no time to flunk out or enter as an un, uh, what do they call it? Undeclared. Undecided, undeclared. Are you out of your mind? Who were who these people? You better decide before first day of college. You studied communications in college. Yeah, and I minored in journalism from the first day. None of that undecided mess. Did you know... When you started in radio, did you know this is Wendy Williams? This is the personality that people are going to see, or did that evolve over time? Being comfortable and just and it just ended up being me. No, first of all, I wasn't Wendy Williams on the college radio station. My name was Golden Girl. Golden Girl. Oh, please, please, please. Oh, you know, because all radio people they all have these stupid fake names. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had just come back from spring break in Daytona. This is back when Daytona was popping. Say, people don't go to Daytona anymore for spring break. But I I'd just come back from Daytona and I was all tan and stuff. And I just gotten my first, you know, I, my, I just started with the um, college radio station. I mean, I was up there, but, you know, you know, people who just don't want to leave and they still are, you know, they're, you're still behind the mic, but you just graduated two years ago. Will you get the hell out and make room for an actual student? And yes. So I had my tan and I'm up there and the sun in was in my natural hair. This is before I started wearing wigs. I had sun in in my hair and it was orange, like your hair turns when you use yes. sun in. Oh, believe me, I've done that. And I said, all right, my name is going to be Golden Girl. yeah but no um uh, with my confidence about what i'm doing um it's all evolved um into just wendy which is great and i hate that it took so long kind of sort of but i'm glad that it did and i hate that there are so many women who are nothing but and they're good at it but you're nothing but a sidekick to a man he's making more money than you you are and like, you know, so-and-so and the girl or whatever. I'm not your and. 
I'm not sharing a mic with you. I had to play that role for a couple times. Look, I play the role, play the role. All right, share the mic, but have the bigger personality, which I wasn't forced. It's just that I was. I don't know that that's a feminine thing or a masculine thing, but having the bigger personality, it becomes like a competition when you're sitting there. Yeah, mostly with the men. First of all, in a radio studio, the men are driving the train. They're the ones on the other side pushing the buttons. See, mm. he who pushes, the, and I'm sitting on the other side. This is back when I drank coffee with my coffee and bagels, you know, and nail polish and and magazines and things like that. And I'm like. Maybe they will. I am a girl, and sometimes this is what girls do, and I don't want to press those buttons anyway. Who wants to pay attention that long? Ugh, I got my period. I got to go change my tampon. We as women want to get up and sit there like, I don't want to do it, so you do it. Right. And But I hate, I just, the best part about um, what we've created here at The Wendy Show is that it's The Wendy Show. Did they ever try and take that? Would Did they early on ever say, this should be The Wendy Ann Show? <gasps> Bite your tongue. I am not an and. And if that was up for discussion, then I would say, find your next uh, person. And I've been asked to be a part of and situations Mm -hmm. before leading up to, like I had been called about doing talk shows before. And the first one that I, um, a very big company, a very big company, they knew that I was very popular here in New York on the radio and syndicated and things like that. Um, and they were putting together a show, a younger one, like The View, right? And so I got, wait, that wasn't my first one. Although, see, on The View, I wanted to be the Barbara. Mm-hmm. If I'm not the Barbara, then I'm not doing this. So so I didn't take that job. Um, reluctantly, because I really wanted to, uh, I well, really wanted to talk show, but I, you know, see, like, but oh this my is God, I don't want to wait. This oh. is the hard part, right? Uh, yes. Because when you know that there's something that you want, yes. but you know the situation isn't exactly what you want, right. that is a really tough choice. I know. And murder would get me in jail and they don't allow wigs there. <laughs> and I just would want to murder the other three people so I can have the show to myself. And, you know, uh, you know, while I can go along to get along and sit at a table with a bunch of people, that's not what I want to do. Then I had another opportunity. This was the very first time, the very first time. And I was so green. And I was all about, you know, how do you want me to be? How do you want me to act? I was wearing mm-hmm. flat front khakis and loafers. Shut your No face. way. Yes. Do you have a picture of this? No. Yes, you do. No, I don't. I want a picture. No, I don't. Nothing. Because there were, first of all, there were no camera phones back then, number one. Number two, I was so stunned at this whole situation. You know, the whole situation that, oh my gosh, I'm going to have a talk show. Okay, I have to play this role. They, they, there was a particular hairstyle they wanted me to have above the shoulders, newsgirl style, you know. And they, they liked my inflection. So, you know, I guess. You have a great voice. Uh, thank you. But anyway, anyway. Flat front khakis and loafers. I can't even picture that. Do it. You were. Yes. All right. Stay tuned for more from Wendy after a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author, and I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years, and we both love to talk about being parents. Yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies, cinema really, about what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. Flat front khakis and loafers. I and can't I, even and picture I was that. Do it. 
You were. Yes. And it wasn't even going to be called the Wendy Williams show. It was going to be called something else. But the best part about having your own show is that you get to keep all the stuff. Now, I got to tell you something. This wardrobe budget, when you walk into my wardrobe, you are going to see more fancy shoes and red bottoms and Versace and Vernacci and... (laughs) I'm exhausted. What is your wardrobe budget? None of your business. (laughs) I had to ask. Um, Uh, It's gotten better through the years, honestly, (laughs) because I didn't realize that my hair, makeup, people pull up to the TV and look at makeup and stuff. Hair, makeup, and wardrobe, I didn't realize that they would be co-stars to mm-hmm. the show I had no idea all I thought was you know just open the doors and wheel me out there and I'm gonna you know inform the people and go home why are you staring at me what am I I grew up a fat kid so I'm not used to like I'm not a supermodel I, I barely I, I barely wanted to be in pictures like as a kid and anybody who's either tall which you know I'm tall but I also grew up a fat kid you know and the rest of my family's normal size so the idea of being on camera and being stared at is mortifying number one more fighting. But that is what you wanted. I know. It's but what you can dreamed you just of. just turn off the camera and just let me talk? Oh, wait. That would put me back to radio. No. Okay, Wendy, get over yourself. Get over it. I wore so many cardigans at first. Those first. Now, I've lost 50 pounds. Like, I love the me you that I am right fantastic. now. You look fantastic. Thank you. This is, this is it. Because I know how to disguise things. Like, the more bracelets you wear on your wrist, the less people notice your upper arms. Plus, there were a lot of cardigans say, this right here has calmed down a lot. I'm flapping my um, bat wings. <laughs> this, is, this is a lot. But I don't want to dress that way all the time. Yeah. You know, I, I might be a middle-aged woman, but I've got a fun, turkey personality. And when the new sneakers come out, I want them. And I want to wear a short dress with it. And I'm going to give it, I want it to sparkle. And just all that in my personality, but oh my gosh, I got to do something. So I lost the weight and I lost it for my, you know, health. You know, you go, you, when you're 50, well, I lost it in time for my 50th birthday because, you know, the metabolism slows down. If you're not as good as it gets at 50, whoa, the metabolism is going to slow down. It's going to be a pain to take that weight off. So that was my gift to myself to lose that 50 pounds. And in doing so, the incredible amount of confidence like I walk in here literally in the morning and say what am I wearing today they always know give me three choices wig I don't care which wig to see the longer the wig also I would wear the long wigs to cover my arms and you know the meat and and I wouldn't want to have a monitor out there just because I didn't want to even look at myself while doing it not because I'm ugly I'm attractive from the neck up but tv adds a lot of weight plus I was already already a big one and tall you know these nice people are coming to uh interview with me first season the woman in the Midwest that I, that we were referring to. So not only am I new to her, but I stand up to greet Ripa because Ripa has been to the show. We'll just take, you know, a nice white lady like Kelly Ripa. You know, she's only like two feet tall and whatnot. I stand up to greet Ripa with my shoe, with my heels on and everything and my bat wings going and my girth and the boobs. It's like Godzilla. Rah! <laughs> and I hug her envelope. It's just a natural thing, you know? So, you know, Marge in the Midwest is like, oh, God, I think I love this woman or I'm scared of her or why doesn't she just get a redu- Why is she so tall? And wait, but I like her cardigan. No, wait, no, wait. No. <laughs> but I love her cardigan. Wow. Yeah, she, she, and I like her skirt. Um, Wait. And so that's where. Uh, She's got spunk. Yeah. Until the next day. Well, now that I'm comfortable. Like today I wore something very civilized on the show. A nice ruffled uh, dress that came all the way down. It was a wrap dress. But of course, when I sit down, I always unwrap it and give you the thigh. 
I unwrap it and pull it all the way up. And the what? <laughs> they've stopped with the signs. Pull your dress down. They've stopped. Oh, they they had signs like that out. Yeah, you know, Doug, my floor manager, he would come over and say, you know, pull your dress down. And I acknowledge it. Doug's telling me to pull my dress down. What are you got a problem in the control room? I'm not showing crotch. As a matter of fact, I'm pulling it up even more. You got a problem with this co-host? And they love the rebel. They encourage me. The show is just like, damn that, Wendy. And then they'll yell at my wardrobe stylist, probably. I have no idea what goes on behind the scenes. All I know is that I'm having the time of my life, mostly on my own terms. Ten years, decade goes by. You don't take a day off of work. Yeah. You're sick. Well, I mean, we have a lot of hiatuses and stuff like that. So sure. there's really, you know, no need to take off. But yeah, no, I've never like had a tickle in my throat. And then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, hello, I can't come in today. Because we have that evergreen show. You know, we've got shows ready to go. But no, I've never done that. And then, yeah. And then earlier this year, they forced weeks. it on you. No, I forced it on me, actually. You forced it on you. Yeah, three weeks to check myself. Um and and so and I will take off when I need to. I'm very, you know, it's one thing to be, you know, um, you know, on TV and and having a great time and everything like that. But, uh, you know, I was neglecting like most women, you know, you take care of your your children, you take care of your husband, you take care of home. I just finished calling cable before you came here. I have an assistant to do that, but, you know, I can get it done quicker. Let me just do it here. Calling cable, you know, you know when you hit the wrong button on the remote and then all of a sudden everything is cattywampus? Yes. I'm on TV, but I don't know how to work the TV and I just need an appointment. So, um, but yeah, you take care of everybody else and you don't take care of yourself. And so I will be taking my time off whenever I need to. And um, But mostly I love being on because we have off so much. What was that time like for you? Did your thinking change at all over those three weeks? Yes. What in changed? Every way, in every way. Just, you know, um, well, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. Because mostly, you know, of people who've taken advantage of me, things I'm involved with that aren't working for me, um, people that I don't necessarily talk to as much as I should, and then I think about why, and I'm like, yep, and this is exactly why. And when she gets home from work, I'm going to tell her. And then I pull back and I say, no, I don't want to be that mean. But mostly, you know, reclaiming my life was mostly clearing the clutter Mm -hmm. and approaching things head on. Saying no to things that you should say no to. Yes. If you're saying yes to all of these things that come into your life. And people, when you're a public personality, you're going to get asked a million more times. And some of that stuff that you get asked to do it's valuable. It's to, good. And, I mean, and you want to help people. Yeah, please, if there's an open bar and past hors d'oeuvres <laughs> and somebody's asking me to a gala, I'm going. You know, but, um, and there are going to be fancy people in the room. You know, you get invited to all kinds of stuff and people ask you to do all kinds of things. Not necessarily the show, but through the popularity of the show, the invitations come flying in. And I go, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Until it's like, wait a minute. I'm getting out of here at 10 o'clock at night. I got to be up at 5.30 in the morning to do my own show. And, you know, I only went to the gala because not I was joking about the past hors d'oeuvres and, and open bar, although that helps. I only went there because there were people there. Allegedly, there were people there that were supposed to help me propel my career. Only when I get there, those people are nowhere around. 
Or all of a sudden, when I get there, I'm not sitting at their table. You told me I was sitting at their table. I find myself four tables over sitting with some people that can't do anything for me. And I hate to say And you're going like, to have to do something for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just stop with your how you doings. I'm here because I'm trying to propel my career. We all need help. I help people all the time. You know, when I see them in the street, oh, you know, you know, young girl, she wants to be an intern. I give her my information. You know, you want to be an intern? Well, come. You know, not, you know you're not going to be an intern just because I say it. You got to pass the intern department. There's a department for everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I'm not leaving the house unless there's a reason. And when I get there, I, pl- I expect the, the situation to be massaged only to find out. And why am I leaving the house? Yeah. So I say no to a lot of stuff because a lot of stuff is a bunch of smoke. You need a handler, but you need to what protect yourself. Handlers? You don't know handlers? What is that? What do they do? You've got your publicist. You've got your handler. They just block everything out that you can't handle. They handle it for you. It might not be the cable bill, although they would definitely help with that. But a lot of it is you got to take care of yourself. Okay. But you can't be the bad guy, so someone else can. <laughs> Insert fake cigarette and proceed to big time, Rebecca. I've got an assistant. I've got two PR firms. Yeah. I've got help at home. I've got, uh, listen, there's certain things that only I want to do myself. Also, I don't like a lot of people in my business. Yeah. You know, you don't need to know my cable uh, um, access number. What if you get fired next week? You have all this information on me. And what do I need for you making me a doctor's appointment? You don't need to know where I'm going to the doctors or when I'm going to the doctors. I'll do it myself. The same thing for my husband. I'll make the appointment. Same thing for my son. So there are handlers, and I get what you're saying, but I jumped into the... um, this particular arena, a little late in life. Uh, if I was 25 years old and, you know, had a talk show, you know, remember when Ricky Lake was bouncing around at like 24 with her talk show? Yeah. Ricky, Ricky, I said, Ricky, how you doing? <laughs> uh, Ricky was huge. And at 25, I'm sh- I could not imagine um, having all the different people around and things like that. My thing is that by the time I landed this talk show, I had already established myself as a, 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 a world-class radio personality. I, I mean, I was on that radio also in Germany and, and I, anyway, I've been around Ugh, like a Saturday night special. Um, but everything out of New York, I mean, I didn't live there, but by the time I had, you know, I had made a certain amount of money. I'd already bought a certain amount of property. I'd already birthed my son. I was already married. I wrote, like, like I know how to write a check. Like, some of these stoonods out here, you know, they get big time too soon, mm-hmm. and then they don't know how to do anything. And so, for me, by the time I got all this, I'm like, what? No, you don't, like, they wanted to pick out my desk. Do you see my fabulous office? All I do is present the bill. No, I'll pick out the desk. <laughs> I'll I'll make the phone, you know, because what if you order the wrong thing? What if it's, you know, no, there are people to do things and they're very, very lovely people. And believe me, I'm a headache for the things that I want done. Today is assistance day. I don't think she'd say I'm a headache, though. But anyway, there's what more- would she say? She would say, wow, according to her, she used to listen to me in a, a, a sufferable job um, on her radio when I was on the radio at her desk. And and try as opposed to hating, she'd be there like down low laughing at it and everything like <laughs> and trying to figure out how she can become a part or one day she'll meet me or whatever. I had no idea this. That's really cool. Yeah. And you know what? 
and she works her behind off on National Assistance Day. I got her nothing. I got her. <laughs> well, somebody's supposed to remind me it's Assistance Day. If it's Assistance Day, she's not reminding me. That, that, oh, luck out. But, <laughs> but I... She will not be leaving home empty. And I gave a nice shout out to all the assistants on the TV today. I Listen, I'm a lovely woman. <laughs> I am a lovely woman. And I don't you heard it here first. Well, listen, I, I believe. And Aisha Tyler and I were talking about this uh, yesterday. Um, you know, another tall black girl. She was on the talk. So she said um, we were talking about being tall. She said, yep, you scare everybody and so on and so forth. Um, and that's the thing with a tall stature, there is intimidation mm-hmm. with black skin. And I don't care what shade of black, I don't care the shade of black. There is intimidation with a voice. That's not like, Oh my God. Like I, I know I have the bomb voice. That's why, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and I wish women would get stronger voices and stop that cutesy thing. This is not going to get you. I, like, I can't even deal with it. Are you serious talking like this? My mother talks like this. <laughs> and sometimes when I yell at my son, I find myself like, oh, my God, I raise it up. But um, no, I have a very intimidating presence and a very diva-like assumption about me. You know, I, mm. oh, that's the kitchen upstairs, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Very ghetto around here. There's a kitchen upstairs. They're moving stuff. Um, in case you're here through the podcast. Um, <laughs> look at him go. <laughs> um, and there's nothing you can do about about your presence. You know, I, I can't change my skin. I won't, I won't change my voice. I can't change my confidence. And... All I can do is pray that you put up with me long enough that you actually begin to get it. And then you like me. And then you get it. You know? I totally know. But it's it's a fight. Yeah. It's, it's still a fight. Are you serious? It's still a fight. There are people out there who everybody doesn't watch my show. But it's surprising to hear you say it's still a fight because those who do are real fans of your work. Yeah. When you think about success... Do you have it right now? Oh it, yeah. Okay, so this is this is success <laughs> oh, to yeah. you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I got it. And when did you get it? What moment in your life did you say this is it? I am successful now. So many times in my career, I can't even tell you. So many times. So many times when I, you know, when I signed uh, my first contract, I was making a hundred thousand dollars at one point in my radio. I was like, wow, this is success. When I, you know, um, turned the key to a condo that I purchased, not to live in here in New York, but I had a little extra money in my hooch and I've always been really good with money. And I bought a condo in Florida just for me. And I'm, and, and then I bought a Chrysler bag. I bought the parking space to go along with it because, you know, you could buy the condo. And then if you want the space, that's an extra bunch of money. I bought the condo, the apartment and a convertible to leave there so that whenever I was off, I never had to wait for any of my deadbeat girlfriends to go on vacation. I just always knew where I was going to go, where I was comfortable. That's success. Success. Uh, Powering through and having our son. I had this boss at a particular time, you know, I was having problems. Uh, I had two five-month miscarriages. So when I was pregnant with uh, Kevin, our son, um, but he was only a lima bean, you know, so you mm-hmm. couldn't see. But, you know, so I go to my boss and I say, oh, my gosh, you know, the EPT is uh, the real deal. And I just came back from the doctor to verify <laughs> I am pregnant. But guess what? Um, he's gonna, he told me that 
I'm going to have to be on bed rest as soon as I, you know, the action starts moving because I have a weak cervix. I never had a problem getting pregnant. It's a weak cervix. So the pressure on the baby and, you know, just stress and whatnot. And that was the same time thyroid disease, Graves disease. My body was a wonderland in the sense of having this baby, but going through hell because that's when I was diagnosed with thyroid and, and Graves disease prior to being pregnant with Kevin. So I couldn't take any medication while I was pregnant with Kevin. So I go to this jerk, right? And I, I'm like, and, and I'm an integral part of my radio station, by the way. Mm-hmm. I've never worked at a place where I'm a bum. Your boss says what when you tell him I'm pregnant and I need bed rest? He didn't even look up from what he was writing on his desk. And he said, oh, well, congratulations. I said, but, you know, it's only a little tiny box. You know, you guys can, you know, bring it to the house. And I'm going to get up every single day and, and do the show. The only thing I can't wow. do is appearances. You know, but I, I want to do the show. You wanted to stay on the show. Yes. I'm not staying off because guess what? There's always the next girl trying to take your job or next guy. Because you, you can't think you're such a hot stuff that somebody's not going to take your job, which is probably the theory behind why I don't take off here just to take off, you know? And it was killing me those three weeks. Well, anyway, back to this jerk and then I'll get back to that. So they ended up putting the equipment in the, in the house and I got up every single day. And, but yeah. He, I don't know what he's doing now, but I know what I'm doing. I am winting. <laughs> I am winting. <laughs> that's that's uh, better than winning. Winting. Winting? Winting, hunty. <laughs> um, winting the best I can. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, there's people on daytime TV. Look, people making more money. People who have more accoutrements. People, you know, people who have so much more. But I, even though my... Um, my office is an explosion of excellence. <laughs> and, uh, excuse me, um, of excess. Oh, I thought I, excellence yeah. works too, yes. though. No, no, no. My my office is an explosion of excess, and my costumes are an explosion of excess. Behind it all, I am very humble, and I very much have worked very hard. I've never been me too, but I'm down with the me too movement. I've never been me too. I've never been approached, you know, by some man to do something, and I've never, I've never even thought of doing that. And so now, I guess that's a, you know, when you say success, it depends on how you identify success. My kid is going off to college in September. A part of me passing out and you know being overwhelmed with in life is because. We're working on essays so he can get early acceptance so we don't have to worry about the holiday season. We already find out, okay, so that's done. You know, this is success. This really is. And my, my mother and father, God bless them, they've lived to see it. They're in their 80s. They've lived to see little chubby Wendy who, oh, Wendy, you're so pretty if you would just lose some weight. How dare the first man you're supposed to love say that to you? My father. How he said da- that. Oh, over and over. Oh, I'm damaged. No, but I've made up with my parents. But yeah, you know, you go through stuff. Look, I've got a very, very large collection of Wonder Woman stuff. And these scissors right here are the PhD results, right? They're awesome. They were given to me by an executive, not just a regular, like literally somebody who, uh-huh, one of, the, one of the executives who didn't quite get it in the beginning, but <laughs> totally gets it. Yeah, people, people, people are starting to get it and I get, and I get the game. And um, if, if it were all end today... I would say I did it mostly my way. You know, I did have to play games, you know, button up your shirt, pull down your skirt, not pull down your skirt, but, you know, wear a longer skirt. Don't talk so loud. Talk more like this. 
you know, massage people until they come in and then you slam the door and lock it and you sit them down and you say, now look, I'm Wendy and this is, this is the way it's going to be. Please do not get scared. And we do have a lot in common, even though you think we don't. Now this is what we have in common. It's just wonderful. Wonderful. I, I know you're telling the truth. It's really cool. Thanks. What's the toughest lesson along the way? Um, learning to say no. Learning to say no because, and I, I, learning to say no, you know, my wonderful people, they're planning the photo shoot for our season 10, which is coming up, you know, in September. And, um, you, you, the dates that they want to, no, I can't do that. Get back to me. I won't even sit in a meeting with them. You know, I'm going home. You know, insert fake cigarette big time. <laughs> you know, no, I'm not. No, I, I have no time for this meeting. You figure out the dates and I'll let you know what works for me. Whereas in the old days, I would clear out whatever I had already planned to accommodate. But once I show up to the job, I'm going to wow you. So I'll be worth the wait. And so our photo, I sound terrible, don't I? No, I think that's a great mentality. No, but people listening who might not know me, they're like, who is Rebecca talking to? And why is she such a big shot? She's inserting fake cigarettes. <laughs> and she belched. She said she's successful like that. I'm sure a lot of them are jealous of the fact that you're doing exactly what is instinctually you and you're successful doing it. Yeah. A lot of people would love Isn't to be able to do that. And there's a lot of people who are doing something that is completely antithetical to who they are, yeah. whether it's on Instagram or wherever else. And I, I have a good friend who's a doctor, and she's a very good doctor. I mean, she's one of those doctors who makes millions. Because there's doctors, and then there's doctors. She's one of those. And she's married to a lawyer. All right. So she's so buttoned up and tight. It is unbelievable. She can never be her whatever whatever you know just like i'm like ew relax yes yeah it look it's a hard world i used to be a patient of hers for a particular um uh, thing i actually met her through being a patient through a recommendation and then she and i became friends outside of the practice it's not a doctor that handles death or anything like that you know what i mean and this is years ago by the way uh so i became friends with her and um, whenever I'd come for my appointments, and mind, mind you, the waiting room was crowded. She would always come out and scurry me in or have one of her helpers, you know, you know, Wendy. I wouldn't sit for more than 30 seconds. And that would mess with me because now these people are out here and they know who I am. I'm getting my how you doings and my, and my eye, you know, my hand flaps and stuff like that. They've been sitting here for hours waiting for this doctor. Well, well worth the wait. She's very mm. skilled. But I just get scurried in. And then the doctor would take like however long. Like we'd have girl talk in there. And, and I'm thinking there is a waiting room full of people. And all I hear are exam doors opening and closing. You know, like I guess they're emptying the waiting room little at a time, putting you know people in examination. But nobody's getting examined until the doctor leaves. I never said anything to her about it. But that made me feel horrible and creepy mm. so i'm still her friend but i don't go to her practice because she doesn't know how to play fair to the rest of the world you know you don't do that to people i would totally tease into that idea more if we had more time what's the worst advice you've received in your career oh I, we'll go back to the flat front khakis and you know tone it down and all that the worst advice ever 
Did you think at any point back then, maybe I should do this? Do what? Flat front khakis. Every day. Like, I want this TV thing. People are into me. You know, here in the city, like, I was taking meetings, not for some cable mess, the real deal. People were flying me out to L.A. for, like, an hour. Literally, my struggle isn't like a... They fly me out, but I would... um, and I'd have to get back to my radio show right away, you know. So, so you get off the plane, you go to the shoot, you double come park right back. the car, yeah. tell the driver, you stay right here. I'm going in for a meeting and, and then go right back to the airport and fly back to New York because I don't want somebody else taking my radio position here in New York while I'm trying to monkey bar my way to TV. Yeah, so. Um, what would have happened if you had taken that advice that became the Wendy persona, flat front khakis? I'd be like a lot of women I see on TV. Corny as hell. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Wendy Williams, for joining us on No Limits. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, thank goodness there were no flat front khakis. Hallelujah. Before we go, it's time for our No Limits Entrepreneur of the Week, where we feature one of you, our amazing listeners, who's building something of your own. And this week, our No Limits Entrepreneur is Brooke Brennan. Brooke is a health coach and the founder of Brooke Brennan Wellness. And I really like Brooke's story because she started this company as her second phase. Brooke started her career working for Bank of America. By the way, I worked there too early on in my career, but she decided to pause her corporate life to raise her two kids. She knew as her children got older, she wanted to have a second act, and she took her passion for nutrition and fitness and turned it into her business. Here she is to tell you about it. Hi, I'm Brooke, founder of Brooke Brennan Wellness, health coach practice based in Jacksonville, Florida. I started BB Wellness to support women, men, families, and companies on their journey towards living a healthier, happier life. I've coached individual and corporate clients across the country, and if there's one thing I've learned, it's that one size doesn't fit all. Whether I'm coaching one-on-one or a large team, each program is customized to meet the unique needs and desired outcomes of each client. From meal planning to exercise to stress management, our plans enable you to get the most out of every single day. Global rates of obesity, diabetes, and chronic illness are all on the rise, and at the same time, there's a huge appetite for relevant and useful nutrition information that you can trust. Our practice makes this easy by providing easy-to-use tools, customized information, and daily roadmaps that make living your healthy life simple and, most importantly, fun. Everyone deserves to live a vibrant and healthy life, and at BB Wellness, we can make that your reality, too. Congratulations, Brooke. I wish you continued success. And remember, you can head to my Instagram at Rebecca Jarvis to hear more of Brooke's story. Don't forget, if you or someone you know should be featured here on No Limits as an Entrepreneur of the Week, you can send me those nominations or you can send me your career questions at No Limits with RJ Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's No Limits with RJ Podcast at gmail.com. By the way, those career questions, we're going to start answering those now on Instagram. So watch out for that. I know how busy you all are. So thank you to those of you who write. I really appreciate it. I also want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to those of you who've been leaving us reviews. As always, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Rebecca Jarvis. Don't forget to use the hashtag No Limits Podcast. Finally, a shout out to the team here that helps make this happen week after week. Producer Taylor Dunn, editor Michelle Boncardo, research assistant Annie Osakwe, and the ABC radio team, David Rind, Elizabeth Russo, Josh Cohan, Andrew Kelb, and Steve Jones. 